0: Welcome to the LIPN Podcast, brought to you by the members of the Long Island Professional Network, where business professionals come to grow. Even if you already have a homeowner's policy, you may not be covered for what you think you are. I'm Meryl Lochner, Marketing and Communications Consultant and Podcast Producer with Smith Douglas Associates. Today, I reached out through the Long Island Professional Network to Leo Fernandez of the Fernandez Agency to learn more. I wanted to know more about how homeowners insurance works, what it does and doesn't cover, and what I can do to keep costs down. Thanks for joining us today. With this crazy amount of buying and selling real estate lately, If you're going to own a home, you're going to need homeowner's insurance. What exactly is a homeowner insurance policy?
1: Thank you for asking, Merrill. Homeowner insurance policy is basically an insurance contract that provides coverage or protection for repair or rebuilding your house in case something disastrous happens to it.
0: What does a homeowner's insurance policy, the
1: basics, cover? So the most typical or most common categories that are included in a homeowner policy are the dwelling, which is the structure of your house. Other structures, which could be a fence, could be a shed, could be a separate garage. Of course, your personal property, everything that you have inside your house. It also covers personal liability and medical payments to guests. And some policies may cover additional living expenses also. So in case something happens to your house and you can't live in it, the insurance company will pay you Uh, or help you pay for another place to stay while your house is being repaired. There's
0: a broken pipe. Uh, Does my insurance cover water damage?
1: Yes, it does. It does cover the damage caused by the water. It may not cover the pipe itself because the pipe was the reason or the source of the damage to your house. So if a water pipe breaks and water leaks into your downstairs ceiling or the walls, or even on your furniture, at a level before below the pipe, that damage is covered. The pipe you're going to have to pay for it out of your own pocket. Oh, that's interesting. Why? Because it was the main source of the damage. It was the result of the pipe breaking that caused the damage to your house, and the pipe breaking could have been from just just overall wear and tear.
0: Well, if I there's water damage from. The, the roof leaking, is that covered? Again, the
1: same thing goes for the roof leaking water inside your house, but sometimes the roof actually may be covered in addition to the damage inside your house. So let's say for example, there is a big storm, a windstorm with some rain and the wind happens to lift up some shingles on your house and then the water leaks in. The damage to the roof and the damage inside your house are gonna be covered. However, if the roof is just old and worn, maybe sunbeaten a little bit, uh, and that's causing the water leak, in, then the roof is probably not going to be covered, but still the damage inside your house will be covered.
0: Okay, so we've got a storm. It's heavy rain. It's not only pushing rain under the roof, it's knocked over a tree on top of the roof. Does water damage from that cover, and does it
1: cover removing the tree from the roof? <laughs> yes, it does. And unfortunately, up in the Northeast where we live, there is a lot of damage from wind that knocks over trees and maybe just knocks over branches. So if a tree branch or a tree limb falls on your roof and damages the roof, the roof and everything inside the house that's damaged is covered, whether by the, the wind or the rain that results from the roof damage. The tree itself is covered to be removed from your house. If it falls on your fence, it'll be covered to take the off your fence. The one typical thing that happens around here, since in Long Island, the houses are kind of close together, if your tree falls on your neighbor's house, we will pay to remove the tree. However, the damage to your neighbor's house is covered under his homeowner insurance.
0: So they can't sue my homeowner's insurance to repair their house. They have to go through their own insurance.
1: Absolutely. And sometimes there's a contention between the fence. If it's your fence, your policy pays for it. If it's a neighbor's fence that was damaged by the tree, their policy pays for it. It's considered an act of nature for a tree to be knocked down by wind. So there's really no liability. There's no negligence on your part when the tree falls and damages your neighbor's house. So if there's no responsibility on your part, the insurance policy is not going to cover.
0: What if the tree just falls down on a bright, sunny day? Is that still considered negligence?
1: It's still considered, well, it's not considered negligence. It's considered an act of God. In some cases, and this happens in municipalities a lot of times where the tree is owned by a municipality, and they, they have been made aware that the tree is rotting, or it's old, or it's in peril of falling. And the municipality has been notified that this is happening. In that case, they may be liable for it. They may be negligent for that tree falling on their property. But if the tree is in good shape and nobody expected it, it's an act of God and the insurance policy is going to decline damage to any property.
0: So we know it, it covers a lot of damage. What's not covered in a homeowner's insurance policy?
1: There is a list of things that are not covered on homeowner's policies. Each company will have a little bit different list, so you got to look at your policy and see what's excluded. But in typical policies, uh, you're going to have exclusions for normal wear and tear, as I mentioned before, on the roof. If the roof is 20 years old or, or older and its damage is kind of dry, that is not going to be covered just because it's worn out. Also, any kind of maintenance that you need to do on your let's say a boiler or a hot water heater, uh, if it hasn't been maintained and it leaks, that's not going to be covered. In addition to that, damage by insects, whether termites or some insects in your attic that are eating away the rafters or eating away the wood, uh, maybe a bird damage or rodent damage where they eat through the wiring, that kind of uh, damage is not going to be covered because it was caused by an animal or an insect
0: interesting. So an animal or an insect is not an act of God. No, no,
1: <laughs> it's not. That That's not going to be covered.
0: Okay. So if termites eat the tree and the tree falls on your house, that's still an act of God. If the termite <laughs> it, eats your house, it's not. That's correct. Okay. How do you figure out how much insurance you need and well, how much insurance that you don't need? Because I can see it being easy either way to either buy too much or buy not enough?
1: This is a good point. People are confused between what the sale value of their house or the retail value is compared to the replacement cost of their house. Insurance policies are based on the replacement cost. In other words, how much it costs to replace your house or rebuild your house. So usually the costs in some areas are gonna be about the same. Let's say you live in a very nice part of town with a very nice school system. That house may sell for a lot higher than a house that's in a poorer part of town or poorer school system. However, the same house costs the same amount of money to replace where materials and labor are gonna be the same. So just because the value of your house is more doesn't necessarily mean you need more homeowner insurance. It's gonna be based on the replacement cost of your house. And that is very important when you do buy a policy that it does say that it's replacement cost. So if anything happens to your house, the insurance company is obligated by contract to replace it in the condition that it was just before the loss.
0: Now, do all insurance policies come with a deductible?
1: Yes, all insurance policies do come with a deductible. The lowest deductible you can get is going to be $100, depending on how much you're comfortable with. You can go up to $10,000, even $25,000 as a deductible. Of course, the higher the deductible is, the lower your insurance premium is going to be. So an insurance deductible works very similar to a co-pay at a doctor. If you go to a doctor and the insurance company pays for the visit, you usually have a co-payment, whether it be $20 or $50 or $100. Usually the higher deductible you pay, the lower monthly premiums you're going to pay.
0: Are there any limits on policies?
1: Yes, almost every single part of the insurance policy has limits to it. It's just not gonna be an open blanket for coverage for a particular item or items in your house. So it's very important to read past the main part of the policy and look and see what's covered. For example, the tree you mentioned before, there's a limit on how much we're gonna pay to remove a tree. There's a limit to how much to replace any shrubs. There's a limit to the property in your house. It's important that if you have very expensive landscaping in your house, you have a proper insurance to cover that in case there were damage to it by a storm or fire or wind or hail. There are also limits on the property that you own. So for example, if you have jewelry, there may be a limit on the item amount for jewelry. If you have a very expensive ring, you need to schedule that separately on the policy or get a whole separate policy by itself because the limits may be $1,000 where your ring costs $10,000.
0: If I'm buying a new house and I need insurance, I'm going to get a home inspection before buying the house. Do, Do I need a separate inspection or any inspection at all if I'm getting homeowner's insurance?
1: Yes. Almost every insurance company that I use does their own inspection. The inspection that you get from an engineer before you buy a house, it's different than the insurance inspection. The insurance inspector is gonna look for hazards around your house. For example, an uneven sidewalk, a cracked driveway. It may look for trip and fall uh, hazards like uh, walking up and down the stairs in front of your house. If you don't have the proper railings, that could be a factor in the insurance company insuring or not insuring your house. And we look at basic things also like the age of the roof, which probably your engineer will notice also. But we're looking at it for a different reason, whether we're going to need to replace that very soon or not.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Now, does the insurance inspector look at the engineering inspector's reports?
1: Not necessarily. They do it independently. They don't want to be influenced by anything that is inspected or looked at by somebody else. So they'll go out with an open book and just do their inspection according to what the insurance company that they work for requests. And it could be a checklist, a hundred items long. They look for a lot of items to make sure that when the insurance company insures your house and they're bound to repair it or replace it, they've got the proper basis to go on that.
0: And if they say, well, there's a problem with these steps or they find a problem Can the homeowner fix it and then call the inspector back?
1: Absolutely. No insurance company is going to say, well, you know, since you don't have a railing on these steps, the insurance policy is canceled today. They're going to let you know your house has a hazard because the steps leading to your front door don't have the proper railing for people to hold on to. This could cause somebody to slip and fall and hurt themselves. So we're going to give you 45 days, 60 days to repair that. When you repair it, you can call us back. A lot of times they'll just accept a picture with an affidavit saying it's been repaired. If it's something major, then they might send the inspector out again. But usually a good photograph, of affidavit saying that everything was done, that's enough to suffice.
0: That makes sense. And we were talking trip and fall. So I'm assuming part of homeowners insurance isn't just replacing things that get damaged. It's also liability coverage in case someone trips over your uneven sidewalk or falls down your uneven stairs.
1: Absolutely, personal liability sometimes can be more important than the actual dwelling itself. Your house may be insured for $100,000 and you may have liability for a million dollars just to protect yourself against those kinds of perils. When people fall and hurt themselves, to hire a lawyer, and they want to be compensated for their pain and suffering and for their injuries. And it's perfectly logical they should be. Attorneys involved in that to defend you as the homeowner are very expensive. But the cost of the attorneys is covered by the insurance company, and any kind of resulting award to the plaintiff is covered by the insurance company. So if somebody does trip and fall, if you have the protection that you need and you've looked over your policy before, you should feel confident that the insurance company will provide coverage for that and take care of that person.
0: Is there a way to determine how much of this liability protection I need? Is it depending on house, depending on neighborhood?
1: The other parts of the insurance policy are based on percentages, usually a percentage of the main dwelling itself. Liability is not. Liability is your personal protection of personal comfort level. Some people are very happy with the minimum, which is $100,000. Some people are not. Some people know how litigious the society can be and don't want to take the chance of having to maybe pay something out of the pocket because the insurance policy didn't have enough coverage. So it's really a personal choice uh, that you should discuss with your insurance agents and see what you feel comfortable with and what you can sleep with at night. It could be $100,000 in occurrence, or it could be as high as $10 million in occurrence. It's just whatever makes you feel comfortable to protect yourself.
0: So if I only have $100,000 worth of liability coverage and I'm sued for a million dollars, if I lose the case, insurance will only cover that first 100,000 and then I'm in it for the rest of it.
1: That's correct. I remember the lawsuit itself is not the award, so we're talking about the award. So after you go to court, our, our attorneys defend you, or the insurance company, uh, the attorneys defend you, whatever the, uh, the court awards, you're liable for. And remember, you're the person being sued, not the insurance company. They had no fault in this, they're just defending you. So if the court does award over the $100,000, you're gonna be on the hook for that difference, and it could be very large.
0: Okay. Well, we were talking trip and fall. What if my cocker spaniel bites someone? Does dog bites fall under this as well?
1: Very good. Very good question. Yes, they do cover under personal liability. However, you need to tell the insurance company that you do have a dog. If you don't tell the insurance company you have a dog and a dog bites somebody and causes serious injuries, the company is going to ask you why you didn't released that to them or why you didn't reveal that to them. And if they say that you may have been concealing this dog from the insurance policy, there is a question of coverage. In most cases, that doesn't happen. In most cases, you have the dog, it legally belongs to you, have been taking care of it, there's not a history of the dog attacking anybody. So in most cases, it will cover with no questions whatsoever. However, if this seems to be persistent problem or if the company thinks you try to conceal that you own this dog, then that might cause some problems.
0: Is there a pricing difference from I have a Chihuahua to I have a Pit Bull?
1: No, no, there's no pricing difference. However, there's an acceptance difference. So if you have a Chihuahua, you'll probably be accepted. Uh, If you have a Pit Bull, it could be a maybe. Some companies will not. So it's either going to be, yes, we accept the dog, or no, we don't accept the dog. There's no pricing difference for it.
0: I've never owned a house house, I've always owned condos. How does homeowner's insurance different from like condos and co-ops to single family houses?
1: When you buy a condo, you actually own part of the structure that you live in. So the apartment that you live in, the walls, the ceiling, the, the floor, the hallway, that is something that you physically own, it's real property. In a co-op, you don't own the structure, you own just shares of the building or shares of the cooperative, which is what a co-op stands for. So you need to ensure your personal items inside the co-op, but not necessarily the building. In a condo, you need to ensure you're part of the building that you own. Now, it varies on the condo and co-op that you're buying. So the size, the area, the type, the materials that it's made out of may or will influence how much insurance you should be purchasing for a condo or a co-op.
0: Well, how do they calculate the rates? You said something primarily based on how much it's going to cost to replace things. Is, is that yes. how the insurance rates are calculated?
1: It takes a couple of factors in, into consideration for the insurance rates. The primary one is, of course, how much it costs to replace your house how much it costs to replace your property, but also it takes into account where your house is. If you're buying a house that's located right on the water on the North shore or South shore of Long Island, it could be much more expensive than if you're buying a house in the middle of the island or maybe upstate New York or in a state like Vermont or New Hampshire, which is a landlocked. So if you live near an area that is prone to damage from wind, hurricanes in the Midwest, prone to tornadoes, earthquakes, those areas are gonna be calculated higher than areas that are not. So the basis of the policy is gonna be how much it costs to repair or replace your house, but also how much of a chance there is that that house will be damaged. Is that the reason why the rates kind of go up every year? The rates don't necessarily go up every year, but they do because you have to adjust for inflation. The cost of lumber last year is not the same cost of lumber this year. The cost of copper piping last year is not the same as this year. So usually the prices do go up. However, if the prices of the materials don't go up, it doesn't necessarily mean that your insurance policy will go up.
0: With rates going up on a regular basis, is there a way I can save on my homeowner's insurance without hurting myself in the future? Because I don't wanna cheapen it too much, like we were talking about the liability, but how do I know I'm not spending too much on my homeowner's insurance?
1: It's a good question. You need to have coverage enough to protect yourself in case something happens to your house. So you can't just lower the rates by lowering the coverage because if something does happen, you may not have enough money to protect you once you rebuild your house. However, if you have the right amount of coverage, the right amount of liability that you're comfortable with, there are things you can do to make the premiums lower. For example, a smoke detectors in your house, a fire extinguisher, using deadbolt locks on all of doors. Those things lower your premium by a couple of percentage points. Also, if you have a fire or burglar alarm that reports to a central station, that is a big help for lowering your rates. If a fire occurs in your house and it's reported to a central station within 30 seconds or a minute, it's a good possibility the fire department will be there to help turn you know put out the fire. If there's not an alarm in your house to report to a central station, it may take longer for the fire department to get there, and thereby there'll be much more damage to your house. So the company you know they acknowledge that if you take precautions to protect your property, they will give you credits and give you you know discounts on your on your house. One of the big questions I get from my customers if is if cameras help reduce their insurance policy. And it's not necessarily so, because cameras do not stop intruders from coming to your house, and they don't protect your property from something happening to it in in case of a storm or wind damage. You can see the damage that was caused, so you have proof of that of what happened. You may be able to provide that to law enforcement, maybe catch a burglar or something like that. But for protecting your house, cameras just provide surveillance. They don't really deter something from happening like a fire alarm or dead boat locks.
0: How about security lighting? If we have lights outside that light up if an intruder comes on, is is that does that help?
1: It, it helps, however, there's no discount for security lighting in the insurance policy. The insurance company assumes that you've taken proper care or proper precautions to keep your house well lit. Remember that uh, inspection that we did the first time? If your house seems to be covered by too many bushes or too many trees or covered by uh, branches over the roof, things like that will be brought out in the inspection and be asked to be corrected. The lighting will be noted, but it's not a reason to to deny an insurance policy, but it won't give you a discount either.
0: Well, we were talking about the joys of living on the water. Do I also need flood insurance if I'm in certain parts of Long Island?
1: In certain parts of Long island, you do need flood insurance. If you have a mortgage on your house, the mortgage company and the regulations according to FEMA are going to require you to have a flood insurance policy. However, if you don't have a mortgage on your house, it's really up to you if you want to protect yourself from flood. Now, this is if you live near the South Shore. But how about if you live in the middle of the island? People don't consider flood insurance if you live in a high area or high uh, elevation area, uh, even upstate New York or on, on the middle of Long Island. But you may want to consider it, one, because the expense is very low, the premiums are very low because you don't live in a flood prone area. But also I've had losses where there are heavy rainstorms and the rainstorms cause flooding by water running down the street and into people's basements, into people's first floor of the house And that is considered a flood. It's not considered a homeowner insurance claim. It's a flood claim. So even if you live in a hilly area of upstate New York and you have a heavy rainstorm, that damage by that rushing water is going to be flood. It will not be covered by a homeowner policy. It will only be covered by a flood policy. But the flood rates, flood insurance rates for that area are going to be very inexpensive.
0: Interesting, because most people, when they think flood insurance, think hurricanes. They don't think just rain.
1: Everybody thinks of being on the water, you know, having a, a dock behind their house. It's not necessarily so. There have been very disastrous claims right here in New York City, where big rainstorms have caused massive damage to neighborhoods. And most of these people did not even think about having flood insurance. And as a result, they had to apply for loans. They had to apply for FEMA help. They had to apply for help from the local governments to restore their house because the damage was that extensive.
0: I've heard the phrase umbrella policy before, and I'm assuming it's not putting an insurance policy on my umbrellas. What's an umbrella policy?
1: So the umbrella policy is a unique term because just imagine yourself in the rain with an umbrella and you have family members standing outside the umbrella getting wet. As they come in under your umbrella, they're all protected from the rain. An umbrella policy in insurance terms is basically the same. If you can protect all your property and all the things that you're liable for under that umbrella, they're not gonna be damaged from the rain or be damaged by any kind of accident or event that may happen to you. For example, it will cover your house for a large lawsuit. It will cover your cars in case you have a large accident. But also if you're on a boat or a jet ski or a motorcycle or even a bicycle, if you're held liable for an accident on a bicycle and you injure somebody, the umbrella policy is gonna cover you. So everything that you own, everything that you're responsible for is under this umbrella policy and is being protected from the rain or from any kind of legal liability. Now, this umbrella policy is in excess of your primary policy. So in case of a car accident, your car insurance will cover first, any additional expense or additional judgments against you will be covered by the umbrella policy. The same thing with a homeowner policy, the homeowner policy comes first and then the umbrella policy comes in excess. So
0: you can have your homeowners, your car, your boat, bicycle, etc., and the each individual insurance on those come first and then the umbrella will pick up any
1: overage liability. Absolutely, with one exception on the bicycle, I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody who has a bicycle insurance policy.
0: Oh, I don't know, there's some really <laughs> stupidly expensive bicycles out <laughs> yeah. there.
1: For, for for the bicycle itself, but not for liability. Oh. So if you run into somebody and hurt them while you're riding a bike and they fall and they injure themselves, that bicycle policy won't pay for their liability. And because you don't have a policy on your bicycle, the umbrella policy will pick that up.
0: Otherwise, they'd be going for your homeowner policy?
1: No, they'd be going through you.
0: Okay. So, yeah, if if I run over okay. someone with my bicycle
1: and they sue me you're going to be personally responsible for that because it didn't have anything or any connection with your home or connection with your car. Yeah, so any accident occurring from a bicycle, it's on its own, it's separate from your house, it's separate from your car, so it's going to be on you personally.
0: Very interesting. Do umbrella policies also cover your jewelry as well because we were talking about your
1: really expensive ring? No, remember the umbrella policy is strictly for liability. It covers in case of lawsuits for your rings and your furs, even uh, musical instruments. Some people have stamp collections or coin collections. Those you need to schedule separately on the homeowner policy, and that will be listed on the policy itself. The umbrella policy is strictly in excess of your homeowner policy.
0: It's in excess for liability.
1: Exactly, liability only.
0: Now, another way of trying to save money, is any of this homeowner's insurance tax deductible?
1: Unfortunately not. No. It's just a part of owning a home. So maintenance on your home may be deductible and the taxes on your home may be deductible, but the actual homeowner insurance to protect your home, that's not going to be tax deductible.
0: I'm buying a house or I'm buying a condo. I know I'm going to need homeowner's insurance, Where do I even start to look for this kind of stuff?
1: Well, you can research homeowner insurance and get some quotes online, but only do research there. Since you're not an expert on the insurance contracts, you may be left without some coverage because you didn't know what you were looking for. So you do your research on the companies itself. Make sure the company is solid. Make sure it has a good financial background. Make sure that it provides very good claim service. You can do all that research online. When it comes to actually buying a homeowner policy, you should talk to an insurance agent or insurance broker and explain to them your individual situation, and they will customize a policy for you depending on what you need.
0: So you don't end up spending more than you should or as probably most people do. Gee, I, I can save so much money. Look, I've got this really cheap quote I found online. Let me just click and buy it. And there's a really good chance it was cheap for a reason.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a reason that the insurance companies charge premium for what they protect. So if you don't know what to ask for, the insurance company doesn't know what to sell you, what to protect you for. The only way you're going to know is to talk to a representative directly from the company, which you can do, or talk to an agent that knows the company well. I prefer an agent because it gives you a one-on-one interview and one-on-one connection with a person. Uh, when you call the company directly, you don't really have that one-on-one connection. You don't connect with the same person every single time. When an agent interviews you for a homeowner policy, it's not just about the price. It's about what you need. For example, that, uh, that stamp collection. If you go online, I don't know any online service is going to ask you, do you have a stamp collection? But the agent may. Uh, For that very expensive bicycle, the agent will ask you if you have bicycles, if you have jet skis, if you have anything else that you need to protect separately or included on your homeowner policy. Uh, The worst feeling in the world is when you call up your insurance company and tell them that something happened, and their response is that you never had that coverage to begin with.
0: Okay. I have my homeowner's policy. I've had it for a while. Policy's coming up for renewal. Can I bring you my policy and have you review it to make sure I'm I'm covered yeah. where I think I'm covered?
1: Uh, in fact, I encourage everybody to do this, whether it's with me or another agent. Take a look at your policy. Just don't look at the price because the price may be high, it may be low, but you don't know what you're paying for. Uh, it's like a surprise package you get in the mail. You don't know what's in it until you open it up. You've got to open it up and see what's in that homeowner policy. If the policy is good and you have the coverage you need and the agent asks you interesting questions, whether you have you know, other hobbies or you have some jewelry, you have some furs that may not be covered up to the, pro- the appropriate amount, those things can be endorsed on your policy or can be changed on the renewal. So the price doesn't necessarily dictate how good the policy is. You have to open up the package and see what's inside. Well, thank
0: you so much, Leo. This has been excellent information. If people have any questions
1: and want to reach out to you, how can they reach you? You can reach me by phone at 516-292-5100. You can email me at any time at leofernandez at allstate.com. Or you can even text me to my office number, 516-292-5100. Just one last thought. I tell all my customers, insurance is just like a parachute. If you don't have it the minute you need it, you're out of luck.
0: Thank you so much. Have a fantastic week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the LIPN Podcast, brought to you by the Long Island Professional Network and produced by Smith Douglas Associates. To learn more about the LIPN, visit our website at lipn.org or join our meetup under Long Island Professional Network.